as we venture into the murky waters of everything you've been told never to bring up at holiday dinner. You'll need a guide, someone you can trust, a battle-tested, common-sense leader who knows that an extra pair of dry socks just might save your life. That wise old sage has arrived, and he is shouting the Schmidt Show battle cry. Schmidt heads unite! Time appropriate greetings. Is that the way I say it? Somebody mentioned this to me last week. I screwed it up apparently. Hey everybody, it's Brad Schmidt. I am your host and the host of the Schmidt Show. The King Schmidthead, the leader of the Schmidtheads, the uh, the fearless, benevolent dictator of the Schmidtheads. I, I don't know. I don't have an official title yet, so I, I don't really know how all this stuff works. I'm still trying to figure this whole podcasting thing out. I've been doing radio for about five years, and so some of this is new to me. Uh, so uh, let's start with this. First of all, if you want to join the show, be a part of the show, 866-766-1776. Again, it's 866-766-1776. If you're listening live on the live stream, you can do that. Give us a call, 866-766-1776, and uh, join the show. Share your thoughts, opinions, anything you want to talk about. It's fair game today. We uh, it's, it's always fair game. Anything is, is up for discussion here on the Schmidt Show podcast. So uh, first of all, thanks for joining us. You can find us on uh, Freenode in our Freenode chat room. Just look for Schmidt Heads, Free Node Chat Room. Um, you can get a hold of us there. You can join the conversation. Of course, we're on Twitter. I don't do a whole lot on Twitter. I don't do a whole lot on Facebook. I, I probably should do more. Um, I've been told I need to be on Gab um, and and some of these other places and stuff. But at some point, you do kind of have to draw the line, though, right? I mean, you can... <laughs> You can only be on so many of these various platforms at once before you start to get um, a little bit of overload. And I'm ADD anyway, so the fact that I've got right now in front of me one, two, three computer screens, a clock, my laptop, my phone, and other stuff here is more than enough that I can, more than what I can kind of pay attention to anyway. Um, So yeah, we maybe have to get one of those zip whip things too and do some text messaging Add that into all the mix here and make it a little bit more complicated. Also, of course, joining me as uh, as always, as hopefully as always anyway, is uh, Hig. Um, he's our he's our half Indian guru, and uh, we're we're glad you're here. I I just want to point out that I was here on time. You were. I was. Yeah. And then I got a phone call. Yeah. So then I wasn't here on time. How'd that go? Eh, you, know, <laughs> you can imagine. Not. <laughs> Uh, a little bit of backstory there that we're not going to get into, so we'll just <laughs> we'll just uh, we'll just leave it at that. So, um, so a couple of the things we're going to talk about today, of course, the study out of Harvard, right? You would think brand new study out of Harvard, big deal, be all over the news, um, and it's a, a it's a study that essentially says, hey, guess what? S- countries where there's a high level of ownership of guns by private citizen, crime goes down. No way. You'd think this would be all over the news, right? Big story. I mean, that's especially out of Harvard, right? Right. Guess when that study came out? Uh, 2012. 2007. Oh, 11 years ago. It's finally finally getting a little bit of traction. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, about some gun control stuff, because it's kind of a passion of mine, and, and I know a passion of, of yours as well. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that, but... Um, part of the reason I want to bring this story up is because there's been this kind of ongoing discussion in the media. We've seen the Jim Acosta deal with him getting kicked out of the, the White House press corps and then being the, some judge forcing uh, President Trump to, to reinstate his White House press credentials, uh, things like that, because of his behavior in the press corps. And, and of course, along with that comes President Trump calling the media the enemy of the people. Mm-hmm. Now, as a member of the media, because I do, as I've mentioned several times, I do a, a terrestrial radio show 
as well. My terrestrial radio show, if you want to listen into that during the day, you can. I'm on every day from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Central Time in the United States. And you can listen. You don't have to have us on AM radio. You don't have to have some you know, tower built in your backyard in, in the Arctic Circle in Norway catching the, the, the signal bouncing off the atmosphere or whatever. You can actually listen to us live on the Internet. Um, just like, of course, you're listening to me now. Just go to canoxradio.com and you can listen to my, my terrestrial show that way as well. Um, but so as a member of the media, I'm supposed to be outraged by this, that Trump calls us the, the, uh, the enemy of the people. Now, I am granted, interestingly enough, I am part of what they call the new media or what has been called the new media mm-hmm. um, on a, being on a platform <laughs> that is older than pretty much any other media besides the pre- printing press. Um, it's funny to me that it's considered to be part of the new media. Um, but that was actually, I think, something Rush Limbaugh kind of new media, really? Yeah, he, he. I don't know that he coined it, but it was. It was. He was. He was part of this after some of the the FCC rules that that lo- were loosened up to allow you know the the uh, equal time rules and things like that. And what was the fairness doctrine? That was the one they they eliminated the fairness doc- doctrine. So. Uh, because up until the fairness doctrine was eliminated on the on terrestrial radio, if you had a political show, the fairness doctrine required you to have an opposing view that had I- equal time. Mm-hmm. So if Rush Limbaugh was on for three hours, the radio stations had to have three hours of NPR or mm-hmm. whatever. Well, it was killing radio. Nobody was listening. Nobody cared, right? Because love it or not, be progressive, be liberal, be conservative, whatever – Progressive talk radio doesn't usually go very well. It just doesn't, it's just not, for whatever reason, it doesn't have the audience that conservative talk radio does. And I I don't know, there's a million reasons for it, why, I'm not sure what they all are. But so back in the day when the Fairness Doctrine was eliminated, or or I shouldn't say eliminated, was, was deregulated, conservative talk radio began to take off. And as conservative talk radio began to take off, the blogosphere and and blogging mm-hmm. began to take off as well. And so you had one of the big ones, I can't remember, um, one of the ones that got a lot of traction early on, I believe was was Little Green Footballs, um, was was kind of one that took off early on as, as a, a, a news blog or a, a conservative blog. I don't know if they still are or not. Of course, you know, Huffington Post and all of these others began to kind of take off around the same time. Mm-hmm. So they were considered the new media, right? The internet was beginning to compete with CBS and NBC and, and CNN and Fox News and all of these others. Right. Um, and and conservative talk radio was a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. So they became part of the new media. So it's kind of weird to me that being on an AM radio station you know, kind of the right. <laughs> one of the oldest, uh, you know, forms of of technology that we have as it relates to media mm-hmm. is considered new media. But here we are. So anyway, but so I'm supposed to be upset, right? I'm supposed to be angry that Donald Trump is calling us the enemy of the people. Now, I would actually make the suggestion that he's he's absolutely right. He is the he absolutely is the enemy of the people. And this story, this 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 report, this study out of Harvard Harvard University that that says, "Hey, here's a study that we did that we found that countries that have a higher ownership of private citizens owning guns, a higher rate of private citizens owning guns, those countries have lower crime rates." You would think that that would be big news because it flies in the face of everything we've been told about guns for the last 20 years or 30 years from places like CNN, MSNBC, and, and, and others, right? I mean, so you would think that that would be a huge story because it's, 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 it, it flies in the face of conventional thinking. But instead, the report gets ignored. I've not heard Rachel Maddow or... Chris, whatever his name is, Matthews. Matthews. I don't even, I don't have cable TV, so it's it's terrible. I don't even know who these people are. I was, (laughs) I was talking on my, on my terrestrial show a few years ago, actually. I think it was early on when I first started. I was talking about something 
it was, I think it was actually that Chris Wallace had said about President Bush. I was talking about, I said this reporter guy had said something about, I don't even remember what the topic was. And some guy calls in and, and was accusing me essentially of being just a Fox News junkie and just regurgitating what was being said on Fox News. Well, at the time, I didn't realize that it was Chris Wallace that had said this thing. I said some reporter had said something about President Bush. And I kind of went after this reporter because it was a silly statement. It was essentially, you know, Bush is Hitler or whatever it was, right? I mean, that was always the statement by most of them. And, and one of the listeners calls in and goes, well, you realize that Chris Wallace is on Fox News, don't you? I said, mm, no. I didn't even realize it was Chris Wallace that said it. I didn't realize that it was Chris Wallace on the news. So I don't really care who it was or who said it or what station they're on. It was a stupid statement. So I, yeah. So anyway, the back see ADD. Now you get a little glimpse. Dude, of I'm, the, I'm right there with you. I, for what it's worth, I guess two ADD people. I just followed you around all of those shiny <laughs> objects. You're so, like, look, a shiny bicycle. I'm like, right. hey, a bicycle that is shiny and cool. <laughs> So anyway, so all of this to come back to this, this article would have been or should have been big news because it flies in the face of convention. Everything we thought we knew about guns has been essentially debunked. Now, I may be overstating the, the significance of this report, and I'm doing that somewhat intentionally for the purpose of this discussion, being that. If something like this is ignored, if, it, if, an, if a situation like this, if a study, if a report like this is ignored by the media, is not talked about by the media, they are absolutely the enemy of the people because they are misleading the American people about what is actually happening in our country and other countries around the world and putting them in danger because of it. I mean, you, you think of the, the countries in the past, you go back to Turkey when they implemented gun control in, what, 1917 or whatever, ends up 300,000 Christians killed because they were unable to defend themselves. Stalin, Hitler, Mao, I mean, pick a country, pick a, a, a despotic dictator throughout history. One of the things, the very first things they do is, is remove the people's right to protect themselves by implementing very strict gun controls, making sure that the only people that have guns are the government, and then begin to exterminate citizenry. You know, I mean, this has happened over and over and over again throughout history. We even see this go back into the, the Roman days. You know, some of the things that one of the, or one of the things that, that happened during the Roman occupation of Jerusalem of Israel was that Israelis weren't allowed to essentially do anything. The Hebrews weren't allowed to have their own laws. They weren't allowed to have their own courts. Guess what? They weren't allowed to have weapons. The only people that were allowed to have weapons were Roman soldiers. Right. So the, the you know this is not a new concept. When you take the hands, uh, take the 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 weaponry that allows a citizen to protect themselves it puts the citizenry in danger. And you now have a press, a media, that is, that is actively trying to not only ignore relevant information, but I would even suggest actively trying to suppress information that disagrees with their views that people should be allowed to have guns. Right. You know, so this, so this idea that the press of the, is the enemy of the people, it, it's not that the, the media is, is, you know, that, that Jim Acosta or Chris Matthews or Tucker Carlson or whatever, some particular journalist, because that's how these journalists see this, right? When you, when you listen to Jim Acosta, when you listen to Wolf Blitzer, when you listen to these guys and they talk about it and you just do a Google search for press enemy of the people, Come up with there's there's a thousand opinion articles and a million other articles written about the press is not really the enemy of the people and Donald Trump is wrong and blah blah blah. Right. There these people are so narcissistic, and the world revolves around them so heavily in their own minds that they believe that Donald Trump is not saying that the press misleading the public and the press doing all the fake news stuff as he calls it. He doesn't. They don't see that as. He is saying those kind of behaviors are things that are endangering American citizen. He here, or they here, Jim Acosta is the enemy of the people. 
Wolf Blitzer is the enemy of the people. Chris Matthews is the enemy of the people. He, they hear it personally. They are personally offended when Donald Trump says those sorts of things. Right. And, and now, granted, Trump could very easily and effectively de- de-escalate that by being more careful with the words that he chooses in the way he expresses this. This is one of the things that, that I think that when people start to compare Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump, mm-hmm. I get a little wonky because one of the things that, that made Ronald Reagan so, um, I think I might be, I'm not recording this. I started streaming it, but I'm not recording it. I need to, I started the recording now. Sorry about that. I think we got it on the other recorder too. But I'm not really sure. Yeah, we're good. Okay. So I've got to pull a different recording later on down the road. But anyway, um, so the, the, um, you, uh, I got some text messages that were asking if I was on this morning, so I started to panic. Anyway, where was oh. it? So Trump. Um, but you are, you are streaming, right? Yes, I was streaming. Okay, yeah. so we yeah. are on. Yeah, we are They're on. They're just confused. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't be confused, chat room. Well, no, they were they were just asking. Somebody just asked, hey, are you on this morning? I said, yes. We're on every morning. Yes, every Monday. Uh, every Monday. Yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, back to Trump. One of the things that get, I get a little wonky with Trump when, he is, when people start comparing him to Reagan is maybe from a policy standpoint he is similar to Trump and or to Reagan and maybe from uh, an activity standpoint because that's one of the arguments is he's implemented more conservative policies than Trump had or than Reagan did in this point in his presence and all that kind of stuff it's not fair comparison but right right so I get that at least those those comparisons yeah. I understand where where I struggle with is Ronald Reagan was the reason he was so well liked and the reason he was so popular as a president because he was able to so very clearly articulate the the realities of the world from a conservative viewpoint. That was what made Ronald Reagan, you know, the, the whole, he was the great communicator thing, right? Sure. You know, so anyway, um, I, I think Trump could very more, very much benefit from more clearly articulating that when he talks about the press being the enemy of the people, what he's saying is a press that does not serve the interests of the people is the enemy of the people. I mean, that's a fair definition, right? A, a media that will suppress positive news that puts a president in a positive light because they don't like said president is absolutely the enemy of the people. The same goes for a president or or, or a, a a government in general. It doesn't even have to necessarily be a, a president, but when when they are willing to suppress or ignore news that that paints someone they disagree with in a negative light, or someone that they agree with in a negative light. Sorry, get that right. Right. That is also in a that puts them in a position to be the enemy of the people. The 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 story being or the example being. Um, Gruber, um, is it Matt Gruber? Who's the guy? I want to say Hans because from that's Die Hard. And anybody, just so you're listening, if you're a Schmidt head, if you do not believe that Die Hard is a Christmas we movie, we are gonna. I was gonna say we we should do an entire episode on on movies that are Christmas movies that people don't understand are Christmas movies because it fits into the paradigm. Maybe yeah. not politically speaking, but it fits into the paradigm of the show of hey, uh, you're gonna you're gonna tell everybody why they're wrong before they even call right. in to. Yeah, exactly. Die Die Hard is a Christmas movie, and if you don't believe that, you're wrong. And and I, I may not allow you to download the show anymore if you, if you have any other different beliefs on that. So this is this is the benevolent dictatorship of the Schmidt Show. I am the benevolent dictator, the benevolent leader of of the Schmidt of the Schmidt heads, and the all Schmidt heads. It's like it's one of those doctrinal statements. It's kind of one of those things that you have to sign on to to agree to before you can become a member is that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And and if you have any other view, then you're just wrong. And we may have to excommunicate you or or have some sort of of um tribunal, maybe a a uh, uh summary execution if if uh, if you're going to keep fighting that fight. So just so you're aware, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Now, I've completely lost my train of thought and I don't remember where I was going, but Sorry, we were um, talking about uh, oh, Hans, Hans. Hans Gruber. This Gruber guy, I think it was Matt Gruber. He was the he was the architect. He was the guy that essentially 
drafted Jonathan Gruber. Jonathan Gruber. About. Jonathan yeah, yeah. Gruber. For the Obamacare. Yeah, he he's essentially the guy that drafted the Obamacare legislation. He he was one of the key authors of the Affordable Care Act. There are several videos of him out there essentially saying to to the American people, and I think even one that he did in Australia, uh, uh, a forum that he was a part of in Australia, that said, look, we, we essentially, we wrote this bill to be impossible to understand on purpose because we knew the American people were dumb and we wanted to get this passed. And the only way we would get it passed is if we lied to the American people and did not make it transparent enough for the regular person to understand. So they intentionally misled senators and congresswomen and men to, to get the legislation passed. And the media, because they wanted the ACA, because they wanted Obamacare, they ignored that story. They ignored that particular um, discussion. We see this all the time with, um, uh, what's his name? O'Keefe, James O'Keefe from the uh, Veritas Project. I actually interviewed him on my, on my terrestrial show here a while back. The, we see this all the time. He, he exposes Planned Parenthood or he exposes whatever senator or congressperson who's running for whatever office as a as a fake or a fraud and because the media doesn't like him doing their job for them they either ignore it or they attack him and he ends up getting arrested or whatever or california a bunch of radical leftist nuts write legislation that makes what he did after the fact illegal and so it's it's kind of a whole box of of worms or can of cheese or whatever that happens. What do you open up the can of worms? I had a friend that used to say, <laughs> I had a friend, it's a, he, the, so I don't know how this becomes a thing, right? You, you've heard it's easy. It's a piece of cake, right? It's easy. Right. Yep. So I had a friend that I was used to say that there was apparently, there was a saying that it was can of corn, easy as a can of corn. Okay. Have you ever heard that? Nope. Neither have I, but apparently it's a thing. Maybe it's a Southern thing. It may be. So anyway, he used to say can of cake or piece of corn. So I always say open a box of worms. That's where that came from. So it's not it's a can of worms. I know. I get it. Don't call or send a text message or email and tell me I'm an idiot because I know I'm an idiot. So anyway, um, so open up that whole box of worms. He this whole thing with the the um, with James O'Keefe and all this. You have an, a media that is actively suppressing reality, actively suppressing information that is. That is necessary information for the American people to be able to make a wise and informed decision about the people that they would vote for or vote against in various elections. And if they're going to do that, if they are going to be actively working against the best interests of the, the American people, I think that's by definition an enemy of the people. And sure. here's he, what, what Donald Trump is not saying, and this is what the media, again, this is false reporting. I, I don't like the idea of fake news because I think of fake news. I think of the, the, uh, the satire uh, sites like The Onion or The Babylon Bee or whatever that report these silly stories. And, Which are hilarious, by yeah, the way. Yeah, some of them are fantastic. I think, uh, I think The Onion reported on, on Friday... Uh, something 45 million Americans killed in the in the the worst um, Black Friday uh, chaos in history or something like that. So 45 million people dead on Black Friday. That was uh, that was I think the Onion on on Friday did that one. But um, I love the I, I love the the satire news and I think that's more of what I would call fake news. Um, I would suggest that what is happening in the media today is not so much that it's fake news as much as it is just incompetent news. Like they're not, they're just not doing their job. Like I think it's more malice than that. Well, right. It, it is. Yeah. It's, you know, because here's, here's the, here's the problem. There are two, there are two types of ways that you can present material. You can present things as a journalist. Right. Now here's the thing. I actually went to school 
for not, journalism? Well, not for journalism specifically, but in, in for communications, communications okay. right? So I sat in journalism classes, and you learn how to take facts, report on the facts. Now, your editor obviously has the choice of which facts to let go, and th that's what we call being the gatekeeper, is deciding what, what can actually go out, right? But that is a – at the end of the day, the only thing that it should ever amount to is – well, he or she <clears throat> presented certain facts and didn't present other facts. That's the, that's the absolute worst it should be. But what you what you what winds up happening and what you see so much and what is so frustrating to many people is you have these people that go out that claim to be journalists, but really what they are is they're op-ed people. Right. And that's a totally and that's there's nothing wrong with op-ed. You and I are op-ed. Nothing wrong with that at all. Right. If you want to go out and you want to say, I'm here to give you my opinion and my take on this. Yeah. That's perfectly fine. Yeah. But Jim Acosta, he is not an op-ed guy. Right. No, he, he present, doesn't claim well, to be. He presents himself as a journalist. But you know what these people are? They're activists. Yes. That's what they are. When right. you go out and you debate the president, it's one thing to ask the president a question and listen to his answer and then report on the, the answer that he gave. That right. is reporting. Debating the president, telling the president that he's wrong... Asking a question in such a way that implies that you have a, a drastically different opinion or take on the matter than he does, that's not reporting, that's right. not journalism, that's activism. Right. And it's fine if you want to be an activist, stop saying that you're a journalist. Right, stop pretending. Yeah, and this is, so this is something that I say all the time on my radio show. I, I, I am not a journalist. Right. I, I'm, I am an, you're an op-ed I'm, I'm an opinion guy. I, ha I have no intention of doing any reporting. I, I simply look at the news of the day. I look at what's going on in our world, whether it's locally about our local city council members or, or in our state with our state senate race or regionally what's happening you know, in the agricultural industry in the upper Midwest or on a national scale. I look at it and go, look, this is here's what you saw in the news today. And it's now my job to tell you what you believe about it. This, this is, this is, and I'd say that somewhat, somewhat jokingly, but there's a little bit of truth in it. That's, that's essentially what I do. You've seen these, these explain your job badly. I tell people what they're think they're supposed to think about current events. Right. That's what, that's essentially what I do. And so, um, the, this idea that Jim Acosta, like you said, is a journalist is absurd and in addition to that, not only not only is he not a journalist, is he he has no right, in my opinion, he has no right to be in a press briefing. None. No, no, and, and the the idea that that is suppressing the freedom of the press is absolutely ludicrous. Right. Right. CNN can you, send anybody. First of all, well, that's number one. Number two, CNN doesn't. So. Here's the thing. You and I both work for a couple of different media entities. We both are associated with a bunch of different media entities, right. right? None of them, to the best of my knowledge, have a special place in the White House. Right. None of them have one of the chairs in, in the White House, uh, and they, they've got little prep rooms and stuff like that. To the best of my, my knowledge, neither one of us work for an organization that has access to any of those rooms. Right. You and I are not being oppressed. Our First Amendment rights are not being oppressed. The rights of us as the media are not being oppressed. Right. Okay. We just don't have special space carved out in the White House. Now, one of the things that I think would be really nice is, and Donald Trump had kind of alluded to this early on in his presidency, that he might reserve some space in the White House press room for podcasters, for Skype interviews, for smaller radio stations, for People that don't have the budget to send somebody to stand stand by in Washington all right. the time. I think that's a really cool idea. I think it's something that is great. But at the end of the day, it's a privilege. It doesn't right. prevent any of us from talking about this. It doesn't prevent anybody from reporting on it. Right. It just means that you don't have cut out space. CNN can do that. Jim Acosta can do his report from the White House lawn. Right. Okay. From a public street or back from CNN. There is no reason whatsoever that he needs to be right. into the White House. He has no right to ask specific questions None of whatsoever. the president. And here's the thing. I would even suggest that the 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 White Horse the White Horse the White House press corps has no right to anything at all. And and I would even suggest that the press, the media, CNN, Fox News, whoever, have no right to any access to the president. It's their job, in my opinion. This comes back to the concept of personal responsibility, right? One of the conservative ideologies of, of personal responsibility. That is not your job to take care of me. It's my job to take care of me. It's not your job to take care of anybody else. It's their job to take care of themselves. 
and and the same goes in the in in the media. It is not the president's job to provide material for CNN. It is not the president's job to provide content for CNN or Fox News or Jim Acosta or anybody else. It is their job as reporters to go work their sources, to do the investigation, to find the information, and to then report on it. And so if I were President Trump, I'd say, you know what? Let me give you a quick lesson in civics. None of you have any right to be here. And from day from this day forward, we are revoking any press credentials into the White House. This is my private rev- residence along with my, my um, private office space. And so unless there is a part of this building that is specifically required by law to be open to the public, you have zero access. And here's another thing you could do. You, y'all go ahead and take over the press room. It's your press room. You feel like you have a right to be there. Knock yourself out. I'm not going to be here. Yeah. I'll be over in this part of the White House where you don't have access to me. Right. Yeah, I will I will simply just I will completely and and force them to do their job. Well, force not, them to not, either do their job or start treating other human beings with de- decency, decency and dignity. Decent, you know yeah. the thing is, if you came into my house and talked to me and treated me the way that Jim Acosta treats the president and not just the president I might add. The everybody aide, in there. everybody in the press room, the president's aide, who's a young female, which, by the way, had this been a Republican, had this been a Democrat president? Oh, yeah. And a, and a, and, and and a, a right leaning media reporter. group that was that that ripped a microphone or or, you know, shunned or whatever it was, well, you, did, however, yeah. you, however you want to say it. Physically assaulted her. Well, so here's the thing. That's there's a lot of people that are upset with that that terminology because they're saying that the video footage was sped up by Alex Jones Doesn't, and effort. Well, so here's a, at the end of the day, he was a jerk. Doesn't, right. I don't really care if it was actually assault or if it was just, he moved or whatever it is. The point is if a right leaning journalist had leaned over or shunned away or whatever it was that he did to get away from, from the, this female reporter and had contacted her, the left would be up in arms. This is you can't. I can't yeah. believe that this would yeah. happen. This is this is this is that's mansplaining. That's that's right. You know, whatever. You know, yeah, sexism, all sorts of yeah. all sorts of bad things. Yeah. So it, what it comes down to, though, is it is technically physical assault. Like it, it it is. It's a it's a it's an issue of criminal assault because the criminal assault, the idea or the definition of criminal assault is nothing more. Than not touching or, or being touched when you don't want to be touched, essentially, is the definition of, of criminal assault. We've been told that the, um, the, uh, the audio on the live stream is, is slow and clicking. Um, so I'm assuming we've had this issue before. The Hig is checking it out. I shouldn't say the Hig. Hig is checking it out. He is the half Indian guru, so he's... He's getting it fixed up to to figure out what's going on there. So I apologize for that, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll get the, uh, the audio squared away there here in just a moment. So we've got a weird kind of thing that happens every once in a while. I think we're working on doing something different with that to to solve that issue. I actually I spent the money to solve the issue, and the the device that I bought, the guy has not uh, has not. Uh, there's a license key, and the guy has not given me the license key. Oh, and I, I've actually. I've actually called like three times and said, hey, can I get that key that I paid for? Should we call him on the air? Well, no, I don't want to do that. That would be fun, though. Yeah, it would, but I, the, I really like we the guy. Wanna, we yeah, don't want to embarrass wanna, him. I don't want to embarrass him because <laughs> I actually really like the guy. And I, I, he's a small business owner. He, oh, yeah. You know, but but, the, uh, but it, it is, it's suffice to say that we're going to have to maybe step up my, uh, my pressure when we get off the air here. <laughs> so anyway, the, the issue being um, the, the, the media being the enemy of the press. Or the sorry, the the media being the enemy of the people. So what Donald Trump is not saying to come back to that because I don't think I ever got to that actual point yet. The what Donald Trump is not saying is that the First Amendment and the freedom of the press is the enemy of the people. That's not at all what he's saying. Donald Trump has never said the First Amendment should be revealed repealed because the freedom of the press and the ideology of the freedom of the press is the enemy of the people. Um, let me, you know what, let me get, I want to open up my, my pocket constitution here. I've got my, my constitution on the, um, on my phone and I want to read the first amendment so people understand. You know, I actually carry a, uh, a small uh, written pocket constitution pocket. with me. Yep. The reason why I 
turns turn hit the wrong button. Turn the mic on. Hey, hit the wrong button. The the reason is is because uh, I always tell people I will debate any person anytime on any issue at any place. And you go ahead and you can use the internet and you can use a computer and you use whatever it is you need. All I need to debate any issue at the federal level is my pocket constitution. Right. Because, you know, for me, it's a function of I just I just go with whatever the least the, the maximum absence of coercion is. Right. And then I find where that fits in with the Constitution and, and, and that's how I make a decision. So the First Amendment, for those who don't know, the United States First Amendment, and because there are people that listen from across the pond and, and in other parts of the world here to the Schmidt Show that may not be members of the the United States government or the United <laughs> States citizenry. Um, but uh, it says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble and the petition the government for a redress of grievances. That's the First right. Amendment. Right. So the, the key phrase being there, abridging the freedom of speech or of the press. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump is not saying that the the the... The right of members of the media to print whatever they want, because this really comes back to the printing press, right? They didn't have, when this amendment was written, they didn't have the internet, they didn't have uh, podcasting, they didn't have radio or any of that kind of stuff. They essentially had the printing press. And so the argument was that the, the press could not be coerced into printing something they didn't want to, or banned from printing something they did want to. That's it. That was the that was the only requirement of the press. The other the other interesting side of this is as a as a member of the media, I go on the air and do my news or my talk show on the radio station and my boss can tell me this topic is off limits. You cannot top, talk about topic A, B, or C, whatever. Right. They can tell me that I'm not allowed to have a discussion about marijuana or guns mm-hmm. or whatever. And they are absolutely completely within their right to do so. They are not abridging my freedom of the press nor my freedom of speech. Because it's their radio station. Because it's their radio station. There's nothing in the Constitution that says that the 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 a private individual can tell cannot tell me what to do i entered into an employment agreement with this company and they have paid for the equipment they have paid for the the fcc license they have paid for all of the the various broadcasting and and uh, fees and monthly and weekly and daily costs that it takes to run a radio station. And they absolutely have every right to say today, you will not talk about this and tomorrow you will talk about that. Now, anybody that runs a radio station knows that that's a terrible way to actually run a radio station. And it would not be long before you lose listeners and therefore revenue and therefore your radio station. So they don't do that kind of thing. My boss has never said, you can't talk about this. You can't talk about that. I have been told a couple of times that I can't call people idiots. Um, cause I've done that before. Uh, I have been, I have been reprimanded for a few of the things that I've gotten a little, um, wonky on. But I've never been told I couldn't address and, a particular and fa- subject. And and to be fair, even those kinds of things are is is fair. It's not like you know when you say reprimanded, it really is like, hey, 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 come on. These are people. Yeah, they're listening to be you. Be nice. Be nice to them. Yeah, because kind of a thing. Yeah, not because like a, we don't want our advertisers calling us and saying, hey, we're not going to advertise with you because your your idiot host is calling other people idiots. So <laughs> yeah, so there are things that you know that that. I, I've not, like I said, I've never been told I can't talk about a certain topic, but I have been asked to behave professionally. Let's put it that way, which is fair. I, I mean, sure. it's a, it's a, and I had to at the time say, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I probably shouldn't have gone quite that far. And, and so. Did, can I just ask? Yeah. Did the conversation go something along the lines of, yeah, I'm sorry. He was an idiot, but I probably shouldn't have told him so. 
Um, yeah, a little bit. If I remember correctly, the first time it happened, um, it was actually my superior who said, yes, the guy was an idiot. Oh, but, really? Yeah, but you probably should not have told him that. Um, so they even recognized that I wasn't necessarily wrong. Right. Well, you're never wrong. <laughs> well, that's the key, yeah, right? You're never so, wrong. So anyway, the, the idea of freedom of the speech or freedom of speech and freedom of the press is that the, the only people that, that get in trouble for, for limiting the press is the government. And Donald Trump, by kicking Jim Acosta out of the press conference or out of the White House press corps, did not limit CNN's ability or any other member of the press's ability to be the press. He simply said, you can't do it in this room because you're a jerk and you're not acting professionally. So it just... The idea, the concept of the freedom of the press is not your right to to have special access to people in the government or what the government is doing. It's you can't be told what you can or cannot print about what you've done. Right. Now, Jim Acosta could go to the White House press corps and be refused entrance. And then he could go back to CNN and say, President Trump was a jerk today and would not allow me to be a part of the 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 um the press corps what is he hiding what is he afraid of why won't he have a discussion with me he can say all of that but he doesn't have the right to say it from the white house press corps he only has the right to say it wherever he prints it from now if donald trump shows up at cnn and tries to sell, tell cnn you have to fire jim acosta or you you are not allowed to print anything by decree of of the great and all powerful Oz are not allowed to print anything negative of president on President Trump, that's a problem all of a sudden. So it's pretty obvious, I think, to most people. And and to point out, I want to mention this too, because I think a lot of people miss this. The judge in the case that that required President Trump to reinstate Jim Acosta's press credentials did not say it had anything to do with freedom of the press. He made it very clear in his opinion that it was a matter of due process, that there apparently was not a process in place to revoke credentials and have an investigation or whatever. So I, I believe, and I think the press ha- or the, the White House has announced a process for if you behave in a way we deem to be unprofessional, we will revoke your press credentials, and then you have an option to to appeal and request that your press credentials be instated and have an investigation done and so on. So I think that covers essentially now the press, the White House can review pres- Jim Acosta's press credentials and have him kicked out and have an investigation done to determine whether he's he is has complied with the end user license agreement, essentially. Um, so anyway, that's that's my thoughts on the, the the freedom of the press and the press being the enemy of the people. I believe that places like CNN, Jim Acosta, and others absolutely are the enemy of the people when, and here's the key part, when they either actively suppress or intentionally mislead the American people about what is happening in our world. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be the American people, right? What What is the press reported about Israel or Palestine or what's happening in South Africa? We have a regular listener to to the show who lives in South Africa and has, has stated to me a couple of times in private conversations that, hey, there's some crappy stuff going on over here in South Africa. And that's not being reported. Mm-hmm. And it's not being reported by the American media. And it maybe doesn't necessarily affect the American people specifically. But if that situation gets out of hand, who do you think is going to have to come in and clean it up? Right. Right? I mean, wh- who's going to have to cover that issue? The American people. 
mm-hmm. either through foreign aid or through military action or whatever. So whether whether we like it or not, things that happen in South Africa, things that happen in Australia or the Middle East or England or Europe or Russia or whatever, or Ukraine, I've got a friend who has a Ukrainian um, uh, foreign exchange student, I think, and there's mm-hmm. there's a, the Russians seized a Ukrainian naval ship or something over the weekend. I haven't seen all of the details on it. I just happened to see it this morning before I came on the air. So I don't want to, I don't want to spend a lot of time on that because I don't know the details of it and I don't want to give misinformation, but right. there was something that has happened with the Ukrainian and, and this Ukrainian student was very concerned about what was going on. Sure. Um, and I think it was her daughter, um, my friend's daughter who may be the, actually the exchange student in Ukraine or something. I, again, I don't remember all the details and I did their, they live in North Carolina, so I don't talk to them on a regular basis. But anyway, um, actually, North Carolina isn't that way. That's South Dakota. Well, they don't. That they, direction. They, see, here's the thing. So in this particular show, at least as it is right now, because this may actually be changing in a couple months, but as it is right now, they don't know which direction you're pointing. So it's okay. Oh, okay. North, North right. Carolina is definitely that way, just like you said it was. Okay. All right. So just, it's over there. It's over there. Yeah. 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 Just well, like you said. Right. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You had it right. <laughs> So anyway, um, yeah, there's there's other stuff going on. And if that's not reported on so that because we've seen this happen right in the past when when something gets reported on some tragedy that's happening around the world and and we find out about it. Remember, the was it 2000 Christmas, 2006 or Christmas Eve, 2006, the tsunami that hit Thailand? I don't remember. Uh, 2004, whatever it was, the big the big, huge um, 2012, whatever. The, the big tsunami you. that hit yeah. in Thailand, right? Wiped up like 300,000 people were killed, right? What happened? It was reported on for days and weeks by the American media. What's the first thing that happened? The American people get together and they start raising money and sending for aid in the form of, you know, mission work and, and food, ships full of food and 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 paid for drops of of supplies and things into this country because the American people mobilized out of their generosity to help someone around the world. Mm -hmm. So the very first people on the ground in Phuket, Thailand, when, when all of that hit was the American Navy, you know? And so if this stuff kind of thing doesn't get reported on, it absolutely does affect the American people. And that's a situation where, Positive media resulted in a positive result, and even though hundreds of thousands of people were killed, it could have been much, much worse had people, not just the Americans either, I mean, people from around the world, I mean, all over, literally all over the world, in uh, every continent and, and every country, there was money raised that that helped the people affected by the tsunami. It's the same mm-hmm. thing with Japan and, and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, it's not that I'm just tooting the, the horn of the Americans, but... The United States media has so much influence on the rest of the world mm-hmm. that that when those sorts of things are not reported, when the bad stuff is not mentioned and it gets out of control and it gets out of hand, what was the one in, was it Darfur? The the genocide in Darfur years oh, back? Oh, sure, sure. Yep. Was not really talked about for, for a long time mm-hmm. until some celebrity picked it up and then it started getting some press and some media. Mm-hmm. And in the end, it cost the American people several hundred million dollars in tax money to sort out a situation that was ignored right. by the media. Mm-hmm. So anyway, all of that to say the end, the, the press absolutely a thousand percent can be, and I believe many of them are at this moment, the enemy of the people. Mm-hmm. The idea of the freedom of the press is not the enemy of the people. Sure. That's the difference. And that's what none of these idiots on any of these talking heads shows on CNN or MSNBC and even Fox News, honestly, right? Fox News gets billed as the the conservative news network. Don't kid yourselves. Fox News. Yeah, they actually really they have a lot of uh, they have a lot of coverage from both sides. Yeah. Actually, Fox News is is certainly not as left leaning as the as the others. But they still lean a little bit left. But the others, what where this comes in at is that Fox News and 
so actually so many of the others, CNN, MSNBC, are so far left-leaning that Fox News, by comparison, seem ex- seems extremist to the right. And in reality, they're just not as far left-leaning as others. And the same goes for so many different news organizations. I believe it's the Washington, one of the ones, Washington Post or Washington Times, I can't remember, is considered to lean a little bit more right. And the reality is the New York Times and the LA Times lean so far left that by comparison, I think it's the Washington Post, by comparison, the Washington Post looks like an extremist right-wing organization because everybody else is so far left. That's the, that's the you know, by comparison, mm-hmm. um, a midget makes me look huge. But when you, com- right. but when yeah. you compare me to, you know, Dwayne the Rock Johnson yeah. or Shaquille O'Neal, right? I look like a midget. Yeah, it's all a matter of perspective. Yeah, it's all a matter of perspective. And don't get upset about the midgets and start sending me emails and all that kind of stuff too. I actually have a friend. This is a true story. I have a friend whose daughter was is a little person. No. Oh. So because like one of them is curable. Like if it's caught early, I can't remember what it was. There, there, like dwarfism or because there's a difference. I don't know what the, all the rules are or how you define what's what, but like midget is actually like a, apparently the proper term. Oh, for, I thought it was for, little people. For one of them, there no, like there's a difference. There's a dwarf oh. and then there's like midgets, there's dwarfism, there's okay. midgets and some other one, whatever it is. But she's, she explained it to me all on my radio show one time, but her daughter had one of these conditions, but they caught it when she was like 10 years old or whatever. And they did some surgery or, I don't know, gave her some miracle vitamin or whatever it was. And now she's, she's as she's grown, she's a normal average size or whatever they call it, average mm-hmm. height person. Mm-hmm. So there's, yeah, there's, don't get mad at me about midgets because. I learned. I didn't know. I don't know. I, again, somebody could go look this up and take the time. I don't care enough to, to spend that much time researching it. But there is a difference between dwarvism and midgets and little people <laughs> apparently. So, um, so don't call up and and or yell at me for whatever. So, anyway, um, guns. No, I like them. Guns. I own them. I, have, I carry them. I, I also. Carry, I, I, we, we are carrying. Yes. We, we've done this now three weeks in a row. We should probably one of these days in the middle of the podcast. Got to do it in the microphone though, so you can. Oh. <laughs> One of these days, people are going to be listening to the show, and they're going to be like, "Ah, oh, those got bang!" That would, oh, that interesting. Would be, that would be kind of funny. It, well, I would just it would ignore make, it. It would make for good. <laughs> like, what was that? I, I didn't hear nothing. That wasn't us. I, I don't know. Hey, uh, hey uh, no, you want to go check that out? Somebody <laughs> I think is shooting at us. Hey, Brad, you <laughs> had a hole in your leg. <sighs> Dang it! <laughs> Finish the episode, and then we'll go back on. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. You ever see that video that dude shoot that FBI agent or whatever? Oh Teach yeah, gun control Glock class. 40. Shoots himself in the I foot. I am the only one professional enough to handle <laughs> yeah. this Glock forty. Yeah, bang! He shoots himself in the foot. That's what. No, but then he like carries out like all the kids are freaking out, and he proceeds to explain like it, as if it's like some sort of example right. of how professional he's like. Like, see, see, it can happen to anybody. See, this is why I'm the only one that should be. I'm like, you're the last person in that room that yeah. should be handling a gun. Obviously, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, the, you know, it's funny too. Like, not to totally drag the show off the rails but in that video clip like everything about that is cringeworthy right oh yeah the fact that he doesn't clear the firearm before he starts presenting it the fact that he's literally with the magazine in racking the slide while he's giving a demonstration and the fact that he needlessly pulls the like i i I use i've got a glock right here right right and one of the things about the glock whether you like it or not in order to well in order that but in order to field strip it you have to pull, pull the, the trigger, trigger. Right. right? Now, there's you can go on all day if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but the point is I've never, ever in the history of my time owning a gun have I ever went to field strip the gun and pointed it in a place that if it were to discharge that something bad would happen, right? right? I always assume that the, so if I was giving a demonstration, I just wouldn't pull the trigger. Right. It doesn't matter if the gun yeah. is empty or unempty, right? Yeah. Well, and I do the same thing. Like even, like even, like so right now, I, I pull mine out if I set it on the table, I know it's not going to fire. But I also know there's one in the chamber. And I also know the magazine is, is full. Right. 
So when I pull it out, set it on the table, I don't put it and set it on the table and point it in your direction. Right. I put it, I, I point it in a direction that I know that if it fires, it will go into <coughs> something that will not be harmed. So here's one of the demonstrations I do anytime I give a firearms class. Um, obviously, we don't ever have a loaded firearm in a classroom for right. any reason at any time. Right. But students don't necessarily know that when they come into the room. And one of the things that I do is I do have a firearm. And I have the barrel pointed outwards towards the classroom. And uh, it, this is before they ever come into the room. And I ask students, does that make you nervous? The way that it is right now. And if they say yes, I ask them why. I don't mind. What we have to understand, what we have to understand very early on is the firearm itself is not dangerous. Right. I don't have any problem at all with the gun sitting a loaded and chambered firearm pointed in my direction. What I do have a problem with, what you should have a problem with, and what every student should have a problem with, is when you introduce the human element. Mm. And the human element can be as simple as me picking the firearm off the table. That's when it's time to get nervous. Right. But it sitting on itself uh, on a table is no more dangerous than a right. knife or a car or anything else. It yep. it's it's a completely inanimate object. Right. It's when we introduce the human element that it becomes dangerous. So to your point, I appreciate you setting it pointing away when you're handling it. Now, if I was to walk through the, the, right. the crowd, I, yeah. it wouldn't bother me at all. Right. Not, if, not yeah. even a little bit. Yeah. So anyway, all of that to to um, come back to We should our, do more episodes about we guns. We should do more episodes about guns. We should, you know what we should do? We should have a shoot. Yes, a, a Schmidt show shoot. The we Schmidt to come, we're going to have to definitely come up with a different name. But yeah, yeah. The, the Schmidt head. The triple S. The Schmidt head invitational. Something. I like that. Yeah. Oh, this this is good. Something like that. This is really good. We, we, I would, so I'm a trap shooting guy. So it would have to be a trap shooting. No, we have to, because I'm a rifle guy. So we have to at least have rifles. Yeah, but I don't have anywhere to go shoot rifles. That's close. Well, then again, if we're inviting the, people, there's, there's, well, there's the Buxton range. There's also uh, Scott Sporting Goods. Yeah, it's true. We could even do a show from there. Oh, we could. And have a shoot. We could. Oh, this is have to. This I'm going to be in Arizona. I'm going to be in Arizona in February. I don't know if you're allowed to. Yeah, you haven't cleared that with me. Um, I don't think it's over. It's over like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, okay. Sunday. So it won't affect the show. So it won't affect the show. Okay. Well, then but you're allowed. I, I panicked for a second. I couldn't find my wallet. I, yeah. took, I took my wallet out of my pocket because I don't yeah. like sitting on it. Yeah, me either. I actually I switched to this. Uh, it's called a slim fold. Mm. So this is a. Uh, it's a. It's a wallet that is specifically designed to go in the front pocket of five eleven. And it, I have, uh, I have, but four cards in here. I've got. What my, is five eleven? Tell people because I know five, what it is. Five eleven is a brand of. Well, they make everything really. Right. They make everything from holsters to clothes, and uh, I have found their shirts. Or I don't have a shirt on today, but uh, well, I don't yeah, have their have a shirt, shirt. You don't have their today. shirt. On. I, uh, I found their <laughs> shirts and their pants to be extraordinarily rugged. So I can crawl right. around, but they look professional enough. Right. Um, and they've got they've got pockets that are specifically designed for holsters and stuff like that, and and things that are designed. So I've got you know a a, a tactical flashlight, and I've got my uh, my pocket knife and stuff. And they've got pockets for all of that stuff. So I like it. But holy uh, crap, that's not a pocket knife. It is. This is that's a, a, it's a it's a K bar. That's a pocket machete. It's a K bar. That's a pocket that's a, machete. That's a great knife. That is a fantastic knife. It's a K bar, and it uh, it's I can pry things open with it, and I can Looks, cut things. And it's a little dull. Well, it's been heavily, heavily, heavily used. <laughs> that's over, a over holy the, crap! That's a big knife. It's a great knife, and the thing is, it's not spring assisted, so I can take it to California without getting arrested for a felony. Okay, and uh, but I can still open it with one hand, which I like. And it's got a tonto blade, and it locks open. And yeah, it's just it's a fantastic knife. I, can I had cut all old, sorts of stuff. I had an it. old buck knife when I was a kid, buck lockback. And uh, I don't remember what I was doing, but the lock failed, and the blade closed on my finger. Son of a! You know, that actually. Was... So this knife, when I when I first got it, it was extraordinarily stiff, and then over time, now it has opened up. But one of the things that when it first started to loosen up, I found when you hit the release. Oh, now it's not going to do it. It falls. Yeah, the first the first time I did it, it. Well, I put my hand here, then it's going to happen. But it, yeah. So. If the the first time I did it, when I pushed the button, then it would fall and it would close on my hand, and I sliced my finger open. That was back when it was sharp. Now I don't know if this thing could you cut need, warm butter. You, but. I was gonna say you need to let me take that home and sharpen it for you. Damn, here that because that's really bring it back. That's really dull. Like, yeah, yeah, that's pretty bad. But like I just literally just ran it across the back of my hand. Yeah, but you and know it what? didn't even scratch yeah, me. But, that's, that's, <laughs> that, but look at look at the condition that other than being dull, look at the, right, that's five yeah. years old. Right, and it you know that's just a great knife. That is a nice knife. 
Nice. We're gonna right. ha- we have so, to do. We have to do an episode on everyday care. I think that'd be a great. That episode. would be actually an, a great. A, so one of what I so here, just kind of a, this is totally off subject, and we're we're running out of time here anyway. But on on my person at any given time, as I'm walking out the door, I always walk out with phone, wallet, keys, handgun. Yeah, but see now, see here's where the episode idea comes in. What else what, do I need? Well, hold on. Here's here's where the episode. First of all, there's that part, there's that question of what else do you need, and maybe other people can join us and tell us. But here's the other thing: what brand of cell phone? What brand of gun? Oh, what model right. of gun? What kind of knife? What kind of flashlight? Have you looked at alternatives? And if so, why did you choose those things? I have right. owned, as working in the IT industry and being a gun nut, there isn't a manufacturer of flashlight that I haven't owned. Streamlight, mm. Surefire, Innova. I mean, you name it. I have owned that flashlight and I've owned that make and model, and none of them are perfect. They all have things I like and dislike about them, but I have settled on this particular flashlight, which I won't say until we talk about the episode or until we do the episode, but uh, because of a number of different features. So if there's somebody out there that's looking for a good flashlight, I can tell you why you should buy this exact flashlight. Right. See, you're, this is this is this is why you're Hig. That's really what it comes down to. Because as I tell you, what tech tech to buy? Well, that and I just like I need a gun, so I go buy a gun. Like I don't think of that kind of stuff. I I I just I go buy a gun. You know what makes you know what makes I, me different than all of the other gurus? Hmm. Unlike other gurus, I can speak in an Indian accent. <laughs> well, that's the that's the key. Or at least a half Indian right. accent. So so that that's exactly why I need people like you in my life because you tell me what to to just get a hold of. So I have gone from. Uh, I should, I don't know that I'll ever give up my Ruger though. My little LCP. I'll, I'll get around to it. It's such a sweet little pistol. I'll help you. Yeah, I just I like. The, here's 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 a discussion we're gonna have. And maybe do you this, care what, what caliber do you carry? Nine. But here's nine. The thing. Okay. My 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 imprint size, my pocket size, is the same as yours. But I have first of all, I have access to much less expensive ammunition. Second of all, there's more technology that is being put into nine millimeter ammunition than into three eighty. And third of all, is there's just an obvious power increase from 380 to 9 millimeter. Mm-hmm. So if I can get you a similar size firearm that has more, you have more capability to defend yourself, why wouldn't you go with the higher Oh, caliber? yeah, I would. The thing I like about the 380 is I want to I want to minimize the possibility of collateral damage. Mm. That's why I go with we, the smaller caliber. We have to save all this caliber. for an episode. Yeah. But, yeah. but I, have an, I do have, <laughs> here's the thing, I do have an answer for that. I just don't want to, uh, I don't, I don't want to, this is, this is too good. We can make we a may whole ha- episode. Yeah, we'll, we may have to make a, this could maybe one of be our special episodes that we could put on Patreon. Yeah. That people could see only if they're a Patreon subscriber. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's available for Patreon for the first month or so if you want and it early. It, yeah, and then right. it goes out into there the regular yeah. feed. Oh, and I also want to mention, so I sent the PayPal payment to the graphic artist this morning. Um, she is putting together, and I'm, I'm going to mention her name. If you are looking for caricature work, if you want, because if you want a like a caricature caricature drawing of your wife or your your husband or your kids or something for a Christmas present, um, it would be a fantastic idea. Um, and I would send you to, and this isn't a paid. She didn't pay me. She's not doing any work for free. Um, Go to cartoonkatie.com and you can see a, a small sampling of her work. She does caricature drawings and they're really quite good. And I know caricatures are caricatures are caricatures, right? I mean, there's a million artists that do caricature work, but um, I reached out to her and found her on Reddit and reached out to her and she was super, super friendly and very reasonable on price. Um, it looks like she did one maybe for like a real estate agent. It's like a caricature of someone sitting on top of a house, um, and used as maybe a, a uh, an ad for for a um, for a real estate agent, and um, she um, she she will sell you the commercial rights. So if you want it for your business or whatever, you can you can purchase it to be used with a with as a with a commercial, you know whatever copyright or whatever. I don't know how all that works, but, um, cartoon check her out. Um, looking forward to seeing what she comes up with for the Schmidt head mascot. Asked a lot of questions, really wanted a lot of examples as to what I was looking for to make sure that she got it right. Um, and I'm trusting, you know, from dealing with her through email that she will, 
provide as good a product as she provided a service. So check her out because I think it'll be pretty cool. So anyway, um, with that, I think Noah will wrap it up for the, for the day on the Schmidt show. Um, and we'll see what next week. I don't think we'll do the conceal or the, uh, the everyday carry. Mm-hmm. I, I think you and I need to maybe have a cup of coffee sure. and, and discuss that because I hey think buddy, that's a great idea. I got my idea. cup, cup, cup of yeah. coffee right here, yep. so I'm waiting on you. I think that would be a great idea. So we'll uh, we'll do that. We'll get the um, yeah. Let's let's plan that because I think that would be a great episode to do. Like I said, as a as a as a uh, as a specialty episode. So, um, but I think that's it. I think that pretty well does it for us. Um, we got to we do need to come up with new outro music because every time I put this up on YouTube, oh, I get, yeah. I, get copy, I get a copyright sting for for having this. <laughs> like that's all it took. Like it was. That, ah, who oh, cares? Copyright. copyright. Yeah. So well, it's not like I'm monetizing our YouTube videos anyway, so it right. doesn't really matter. But um, with that, we're out of time. Um, we'll see you next week, as always. Thanks for listening. Um, Check us out on all of our social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, blah, blah, blah. If you want to support us, go to Patreon. And uh, we're working on some really cool stuff that we hope to announce in the in the near future as well to make the, the Schmidt head and Schmidt show experience better. <laughs>